Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I absolutely love Babbel because their courses help me learn real-life conversational skills. It's so easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to the locals without having to consult language apps. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time offer for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com SPP. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people. That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that. As a man, I just, I don't get it. Welcome to smartpeoplepodcast.com. Hello, welcome to Smart People Podcast. You know who this is, Chris Stemp, bringing you another episode where we're going to try and change your life a little bit. Just a little bit, but make it better. We're talking about productivity. I always had this really weird view of productivity. Like all the things about hacks, how to hack this and hack that and do it faster, shorter, quicker. But I realized, especially prior to this interview, reading this book, talking to Corey, I need to be more productive so that I can focus on the things I want to focus on. I love so many different aspects of this world. I want to learn about photography, marketing, speaking, writing, science, and I don't just want to know them from a topical level. I want to really have a lot of insight and also have relationships and a marriage and a family. There's a lot of things that I want to be doing, not that the man's telling me to do. So I need to become more productive. And I know that you listeners, you with these headphones in, want to know more as well. You want to pack in as much of the good stuff as you can while we're here. And so hopefully this episode today will help you do that. This week we talk with Corey Kogan. Corey works for a company called Franklin Covey, which you might have heard about They are a global, massive company, and they really do some great things in the space of productivity, time management, project management. 
Corey is Franklin Covey's global practice leader for productivity, focusing her research and content development around all of these things, time management, communication skills, etc. In this episode, we're talking a lot about the new book that she is co-author of called The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. And right off the bat, I ask her, how do I handle 2,400 unread emails in my inbox? So if that's a problem you have, might want to listen to this episode with Corey Kogan. Thank you for listening to Smart People Podcast. If you enjoy, as always, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. You think you're just one person, but man, we really appreciate those. You can find us at smartpeoplepodcast.com. Check us out. Reach out to us on email. Share it on Twitter. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoy. Hope this makes your commute or walk a little bit better. Here it is, Corey Kogan. Corey, well, thank you so much for being on the show. I was just telling you prior to, this was one of the first times I've ever been early to an interview mm. because I could not wait to not only learn these things for myself, but to disseminate this information to the listeners. I just thank you. And I, I can't wait to get started. Thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm just as excited. Well, right off the bat, I want to give our listeners uh, a tip that they can implement right away. And then we'll kind of get further into the story. But I want to talk about the bane of my existence, the email inbox. What do I do? I have 2,400 unread emails, and that's only on one email account. And I have four email accounts. What do I do? Help me, please. That is a great opening question. And you'll be shocked at my answer, um, I think. Because a lot of people will say, okay, you know, the, the five choices, you know, fine. And, uh, but help me with my, help me, let's jump right to choice four. Help me with my email. <laughs> yes. So uh, obviously we're jumping over three other choices. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm here to tell you, I'll answer your question, sort of, but it is really important to answer that question by really getting your arms around, in particular, choices one and two. Mm. Uh, and if you're going to jump, maybe you can jump three to get to that. But you have to have the underlying principles in place uh, to then be able to say, how do I how do I get some, you know, some relief from my inbox? So I'll give you the answer. But then you have to promise me we'll backtrack because you'll see why it, it will make sense with some, if we fill in the blanks a little bit. So the, the biggest problem we have, and I'm going back to the beginning, mm -hmm. in, in the 21st century is the amount of decisions that are coming our way every single day. We're knowledge workers, we're paid to think, innovate, create, and execute. And so it's, we're not in the industrial age where we have one little widget we have to do, and that's our job. So we have all of this information coming at us all day long, and it really translates into decisions. So the key problem we're trying to solve with the five choices is how do I handle all those decisions coming in all day long because I'm just handling them linearly, and by the end of the day, I go, boy, I, I was so busy, but what the heck did I get done? Now, I said all of that to answer your email question because email, here's a paradigm shift for you, is not just a bunch of messages. Every email is a decision. Mm. And your brain, 
which, by the way, is the number one time management tool of the 21st century. And I spend much of my time studying it, thinking about it and learning how to optimize it for that purpose. And so so with that, our brain is seeing all of these decisions coming in and every decision we make takes a load of energy out of the brain and you lose it for the work you should be doing on something that's more important. So if that's the case, then one of the things in that very quick lesson that I just gave you to skip over everything, uh, which is fine, knowing those principles I just laid out, the goal is if I have hundreds of emails coming in all day long and each one is a decision, how do I automate some of those decisions? How do I automate 20, 30% of them that are just mundane, that I keep answering over and over and over? So for instance, for me, I get a million newsletters because I'm always studying something around productivity. It's my job. But during the day when I'm on this with you or I'm with clients, I can't be dealing with 20 journals coming in because what I have to do is consciously go, oh, I better move that to the newsletter folder. Oh, I got to move that to the newsletter folder. What I've done is set up either rules or filters so those things that are just mundane or routinized I don't have to deal with. I've predetermined where it goes. And so when they come in, I don't even see them, but 20 to 30% of the emails that would hit my inbox are going where I tell them to, to go. That is like the first thing you should do to relieve some of the email pressures that you have. And quick question, follow up on that is those emails go somewhere. Do you ever go back to them? And if, well, <laughs> if not, what's the point of even getting them in the first place? Well, that, that's a very good point. Sometimes I like to relate it to your garage. You put stuff in the garage. You know the rule. If you don't touch it in a year, give it away yeah. kind of thing. But here's real, what's really important. When you're using rules, they, it's the, what should be automated are the informational things. So like I said, for me, it's, it's newsletters that go to a folder. Uh, I do get to them because when I'm on an airplane, uh, that's the time where I'll go to that folder and read the newsletters. And you can also set rules or filters in some programs whereby it says, if you haven't opened it in 30 days, just delete it. Mm. Now, here's what, I'll, what else I'll say. And this is all in chapter four of the five choices is do not automate a task. So let's say, and I see this all the time. You, your boss, people have boss folders. So that it's like, okay, the boss sends you an email and says, here, I need this next week. And you send that to a folder. Well, what all you're doing now is putting more stress on yourself because now you got to keep checking that folder because it's like, okay, is there anything there I need to work on? So you don't want to send actionable emails to a folder what you want to do is what we call our second master move, turn it into what it is. And a lot of the programs, Outlook, Google in particular, have these great functionality where you can just drag and drop or with a one click, you take that email, turn it into a task and give it a due date or a start date, however you want to do that. So, so now I'm not sending it to a folder and you can't, this is not a rule. This is how you handle the email coming in instead of leaving it in your inbox and losing it. It's like, okay, I need to start this task for my boss 
on Friday, let me put the due date down or the start date is Friday, it goes into the task list and it's gonna remind you when you need to start it. So you need to turn your inbox, your, your email system into a productivity engine. And again, in the book, we give you a lot of tips how to make that happen. It's really quite cool. People go, oh my goodness, I never knew these systems could do it. Um, but it's amazing what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And we mentioned it in the intro uh, to this to this episode, but the book is The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. And that's what we're going to focus on mostly in this episode. Um, but one thing that I wanted to touch on because it's so core to me and you made it crystal clear, more so than I've heard in the past, this idea of decision-making. We interviewed, are you familiar with Tony Schwartz? The Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So we interviewed him, one of my favorite guests of all time. And he really made it clear for me because oftentimes I find myself getting tired quicker than most people. Um, I've finally gotten okay with the fact that I think it's because I, I'm pretty productive in those six hours as opposed to drawing out 10 hours. Um, but I, I felt bad about being tired early or sleeping longer. And he kind of told me about this decision-making process that you're talking about, how each decision drains your almost decision bank. But you're the first one that made me realize how many tiny decisions there are. So like I've always heard Steve Jobs wore the same thing so that he didn't have to choose what he wears. Right. However, when it comes to an email, I just figured I'm almost on autopilot, right? Okay, archive, delete, folder, blah, blah. But that's that's still a decision. I never looked at those as decisions. They were they were things to just deal with in a day. They are all your brain. It's sometimes it's mindless, but it's not when you're looking at your email and you're saying, oh, delete that or put that somewhere. That's all conscious decision making um, or somewhere between the two. So, yes. And all the research shows every decision that you make depletes. Uh, you know, energy from your brain, which can be put to better use. I've also seen in an article someplace, I thought this was fascinating, where somebody said, well, every click is a decision. Wow. So, so imagine that. I, and I, um, the jury's out with me on that. I'm, I'm mulling that one over because I think clicking can be very mindless, you know, it's, it, as well. But I do think deciding where an email goes uh, is higher up in the prefrontal cortex. So I think we are taking more energy for that. Well, that's great. And, and I really appreciate all that. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about your background and also the company you work for, because it's very well known in this space. You guys do incredible things and you are at the forefront of it. So give our listeners a little bit of a background, a snapshot and what you do and uh, how you've you've gotten to this point in your career. So I'll, I'll start here and, and sort of work back, but I, I am currently the uh, global productivity practice leader for Franklin Covey. And what that means is I, I oversee our productivity channel. <clears throat> and in English, it means that I um, spend my time uh, thinking about researching and developing all of our content around anything that helps people feel accomplished at the end of the day. That, that's, that's my mission, actually, and it's my job description. I want people going to sleep at night feeling like, boy, I got some things done today and I got it done well. So I work on, on anything that has to do with time management, project management, and communication skills, getting your point across, which are the three core competencies in the 21st century. 
you know, for knowledge workers. So I uh, have been with Franklin Covey for eight years. I um, worked as a consultant for quite a while working within organizations. I was a subject matter expert for our trust practice, all things having to do with trust, and then took over the productivity practice a few years ago as we were, you know, reevaluating our dominance of the productivity space out there in the world. And a few years ago, we decided we needed to look at what the real problems were, you know, in productivity in today's world with the technology. And, uh, you know, we've gone from there culminating in, you know, the uh, work sessions and the book you see today. I have an operations background uh, and I uh, really just worked my way up over the years. I formerly was the executive VP of worldwide operations for a, com- a global company called Alpha Graphics. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, and it goes back from there. I, I always like to say I'm not a PhD. I am <laughs> uh, not a master's. I, I think what I bring to the, to the table and to the world is I am very well known for my real world application. I'm a laboratory rat. I've done some things well. I have failed at some things. I've gotten burned by a few things. So I tend to use my own mistakes and real world experiences along with others to really craft real practical stuff to help people get through, um, you know, through the day. So that's my story. You know, what's kind of crazy about having a podcast, you guys know way too much about what's going on in my life. And here's another one. I am buying a new house, and I cannot wait to make my new home a smart home. Our sponsor this week is Smart Things, and I am going to completely deck out my house so that it's as smart as I am. Smart Things has created a super easy way to control, automate, and secure every aspect of your home. We actually got a chance to speak to the team at Smart Things, and they convinced even a non-tech enthusiast like myself that this is a very useful, incredible investment in my house. So why not do it in yours? Lights, locks, thermostats, security. With smart things, it's all connected through a single app. So for example, in this new house that we hopefully get, it has a basement. I've always been a little weary of basements. So I'm going to use the smart home security kit to make sure that my growing family is well protected. With the smarter home security kit, I can scare away unwanted intruders by triggering a loud flashing alarm. I can also set up the alarm to sound if there's movement in the house when I'm asleep or away. I can also use it to control and automate a second lamp or appliance to make it seem like I'm home when I'm not. And that's just one of the kits. With no monthly fees and kits starting at just $189, SmartThings is affordable for anyone. And for our listeners, it's even more affordable. Get 10% off any home security or solution kit when you go to smartthings.com smartpeople. Go to the site and dig around. See which kit makes the most sense for you. smartthings.com smartpeople. Get 10% off and free shipping. And now back to the show. Well, no, that's great. And, you know, you mentioned not a PhD, not a master's, but that's the point of this podcast even is there are a number of titles that end up being bestowed on people. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a wide variety of genius out there in the world and we want to make sure we capture it. And let's not, you know, underscore the fact that you are one of the top people in an organization known throughout the world as the top organization for productivity and advancement and, and things like that. So 
really having an expert on productivity is now I need to ask you, uh, John and I, my, my co-host, who's usually on the line, we talk a lot about how these days I can get done more in one day than my dad could in probably a week or even two weeks, three weeks, yet we are worked, we work longer hours, we oftentimes make less money, things are more expensive, uh, happiness in terms of the workplace, uh, I think on a broader scale, has declined. What, what do you say to that when you hear those statistics as a productivity expert? Well, we reference in the book, I, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, we quoted somebody who, a futurist uh, in, in choice four, that said, hey, a few years ago, you know, based on the technology, based on all these great things, you know, we should be living a life of leisure. <laughs> you know, it, it's going to make life, you know, everything will be automated and we'll live, live a life of leisure. And obviously that is incorrect because um, we are, it seems like we are working harder and we are working longer than, you know, than the people before us. And I think that goes right back to where we started, which is, we call it the paradox. And we said that it is both easier and harder than ever to achieve extraordinary productivity. And it's easier because the technology has enabled, you know, I mean, I mean the technology does great things. Look what you and I are doing right now. And and, you know, on this call and I can be on the phone or on some webcast with our partners in India and passing files back and forth in one second. It's amazing. Yet it makes things harder. Right. So you reframe that conversation and say, well, technology has created this unstoppable flow of everything coming at me at all hours of the day. So I think one of the key differences from a few years ago or your dad to now is accessibility. Uh, we are, ex there's no boundaries. So, you know, and I know this, your listeners will resonate with this. I know one of the key things I see out there that's stressing people out is their boss texts them <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night uh, and they're not sure if they're supposed to answer. And so it's an always on society until you, until you set some ground rules, which is what a productivity culture will do for you in an organization, big or small, but it's uh, we're, we're off guard. So there's just this vast amount of stuff that's coming at us 24 hours a day, and we're just trying to handle it all. And, uh, you know, there's no breaks. Yeah, it, it's so timely that you mentioned that. I had a call with the CEO of our organization yesterday, and I apologized for not working on something over the weekend. <laughs> and afterwards, I, I felt bad because I'm like, what what kind of protocol have I set if the one weekend probably in however long I can count, I didn't see an email that I have to apologize for it? And I, you know, I don't even know if he put that on me or I put it on myself. So I think oftentimes we have to look at what expectations and what boundaries are we setting for ourselves and blaming others? That is the golden nugget for everybody to be very introspective about, because I see this all the time where people are bitter in their organizations, bitter around they're dumping so much on me. Everything is, you know, right now. I have to work on the weekends. I've got to answer him at night. And yet a lot, I would say half of it is self-imposed. 
that we make assumptions like you did. You apologized. You make we make assumptions that everything the boss gives us is needed right now. And so it's the, what I say to people and we say it in the book. The number one thing you do, need to do is really take stock of yourself and get very conscious about what you are doing, what you are self-imposing that is creating stress and waste. <clears throat> and if you're not sure, have the courage to go ask so you are clear on whether it's important or not. And I'll tell you, I also, on Friday night, a colleague of mine sent me you know, a, a, a document to be reviewed for a client that I'm going to be seeing on Thursday, a bunch of clients. And I could not believe it. I read it and it was late and shame on me for looking at it late Friday night. Right. But um, mm -hmm. he so it was aggravating to me, which I try not to do because I don't want to be aggravated. And in it, he said, here, I wanted to get this to you uh, so you can review it over the weekend. And I was seething and I, you know, it's hard not to react to that kind of stuff. I let it go and I thought, you know what? I am not, look I'm not responding to him and I'm not looking at it over the weekend because I can't have people assuming that I'm gonna do stuff over the weekend. Because mm. if I agree to that, if I wrote back and said, hey Jason, thank you, I will review it over the weekend, then now Jason is gonna move forward thinking, oh yeah, no, Corey works on the weekend, send her whatever you want. Right. Exactly. And I cannot have that behavior out there. So I need to change my behavior to get people to change their behavior. Exactly. And you know, one of the things that your work and your book highlighted for me was I always had this almost negative connotation towards the idea of productivity in, in terms of why do I have to always be thinking about how to hack my brain and every decision has to be made out. And But then I realized... I was looking at it the wrong way because I'm extremely interested in a number of things. That's why I add so many things to my plate because this world is an amazing place. The information we have at our fingertips, if you're not excited about it, you might not have a pulse. And so productivity isn't to work harder for the man. It's to no. get as much out of your existence and what you enjoy as possible. Yes. I you know, that's why I say, I don't expect people, they're not machines, because a lot of people are like, Ugh, I don't want to go to that class because, or read that book because they're going to make me work harder. It's not about 100%, you need to be productive 100% of the time. That is the wrong, you know, productivity for my operational background is a number, right? It's input and output. But productivity for human beings today, and really what we focus on, is helping people get to their own potential around what they want to learn, around what they want to do. It's about doing good work at work. It's about doing these other things that you want to do and doing them with excellence. So really for me, the, the definition of productivity and what we strive for and what everybody should be striving for is when they go to sleep at night, they feel like they've done two or three things that they're saying, man, it was a crazy day. The boss dropped a million things on me, but I managed to get done these two or three things that were really important to me personally or professionally or both. And uh, I'm going to have a good night's sleep about it, even though it was tough to get there. Yeah, I love that. And we need that message more. So I, there's so many there's so many good things. I usually don't have a lot of questions written down, but when I started on your book, I couldn't stop. And oftentimes listeners are like, hey, try to dive in more on a few subjects than cover everything. 
So here's what I'm proposing. I'm going to outline the five choices and then pick a few. And if you think, no, 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 we need something else, then you tell me. Does that sound good? You got good? it. All right. Yep, perfect. So the five choices you have, act on the important, which I think the key there is, you know, act on the things that are big. Don't react to the urgent, which is just the most recent. You have go for extraordinary. Don't settle for ordinary. Self-explanatory. Amazing. Schedule the big rocks. Don't sort gravel. Rule your technology. Don't let it rule you. And we've touched on that. And then the last one, fuel your fire. Don't burn out, which we've also touched on. For me, the one that jumps out the most is schedule the big rocks. If we start there, do you see any problems? I think we need to go back to choice one. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Because it is foundation. I mean, it really, these do sort of go in an order. Right. And so act on the important, don't react to the urgent, is really about implementing a process of discernment. That it's really important that you have some guidelines around all of the incoming. Because all the incoming is is chaotic. And so, so let's go back to what I said before. Number one, realizing that our brain is the number one most important tool around time management. So we have the thinking brain and the reactive brain. We tend to react mindlessly to everything that's coming in, trying to get it all done. And we need to, this is step one in choice one, get into the prefrontal cortex, the thinking brain, where we are conscious, where we are intentional, where we are mindful. So that that is, if there's one thing people should leave with, it's that. Now, act on the important, don't react to the urgent. Now I have to give you a process for that conscious mind to use. And we use what we call the time matrix, which is the confluence of the word urgent and important. And I won't give all the details here. You can read about it. But essentially, all of the incoming were saying should I be acting on it right now? Is it important enough to act on it right now? Or is it just a distraction? Is it a crisis that I really do need to take care of right now? Is it just a waste of time? I'm just burnt out. So I'm excessively, you know, playing words with friends where I should Hmm. be doing something else. And by the way, words with friends is not a problem. It's the amount of time you spend on any of those things. And then really what we're gunning for is to say, is it important, not urgent? And that's, we are, you know, what we call the quadrant of extraordinary. It's all those things around planning and prevention and high impact work that we say, that's the stuff of we've got to get this stuff planned in or it'll never get done well. So when we use that process of discernment, let me just give you one quick example. Here's how easy it is to, to, to do this. And I do do this with every single thing that's incoming. The phone rings, that makes it urgent. So I pick it up. It's the school My child is sick. And I'm saying to myself, Corey, that's important. There's serious consequences if you don't go pick up your child. It is urgent and important. Corey, this is a quadrant one. Put your stuff down. Go get your child. Mm -hmm. That's how simple it is. I'm talking to myself constantly about what's important, what's not. One more example. I'm working on a project and one of my gadgets goes ding, right? Or there's something. And I look over because the urgency is pulling me. And it's one of those jokes. Now, I love jokes. 
I'm human. I love jokes. It's, so I look and, I, and I'm talking to myself and I'm saying, Corey, it's a joke. There are no serious consequences if you don't deal with that right now about that joke. It is urgent. It is not important. It is a quadrant three. Leave it alone. And I, as we say in the neurology world, inhibit that behavior and stay focused on my project where before I might have just mindlessly stopped what I was doing. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that joke again, you know, and and you deal with it without even realizing what you're doing. So that's how you do it. It's March already. Can you guys believe it? These months are just passing us by. What are you waiting for? Invest in yourself this year and start learning something new at lynda.com with a free 10-day trial. Lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world and has over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business. You can even find software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. All their courses are taught by experts and new courses are added to the site every single week. Whether you want to set new financial goals, find work-life balance, invest in a new hobby, or just improve upon your current job skills in 2015, lynda.com has something for everyone. Sign up for your free 10-day trial today by visiting lynda.com slash smart people and you'll get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com, access to view tutorials on tablets and iPhone and Android mobile devices, and access to new courses added every week. I'm on there sharpening my web development skills through HTML, CSS, Ruby on Rails, and I absolutely love it. You need to give it a try. Invest in yourself and sign up for a free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash smart people. Go ahead. We challenge you to learn something new in 2015. And now back to the show. Well, now staying on this one, I'm really interested now in the important well, it's tough to say. I'm thinking the important, not the urgent, but here's how I look at it. So I've been every level of an organization from the you know lowest of the low, basically almost, well, pretty much mailroom, all the way right. up to where I am now, where I could make a decision today and it will impact the organization forever. And so I have a lot of things that are extremely important, but they need to, they need to grow or take shape over time. The problem is, say I focus on that in a day or a week solely. And I really, this is why I was going for the big rocks. I think they tie in together at the end of the week or at the end of the month, even if it's not finished, I often go, man, I have been working and working, but it's still not done, which can be the the crux of the important. It's also huge. How do you handle those things? So, I have two answers, and I hope I don't forget one while I'm handling the other. <laughs> um, the first one goes to what you said about the big rocks. So now that I've given you the, the foundation of choice one, we said quadrant two are those important things, those high-quality things that need to get done. In choice three, schedule the big rocks, don't sort gravel. That's where the planning systems occur. And we, we say you need to make what we call the 30-10 promise. And what that means is before the week starts, before you get buried in gravel, meaning all the small things that are going to start bombarding your reactive brain, you need to find a quiet spot. You need to think about, and we say review your roles and your master task list. Roles come about in choice two. And which are your current most important roles and sort of what your vision for success is around that. 
and identify what are the few most important things that need to get done that week. And what I just heard from you, it might be a whole project or it might even be a piece, a sub, you know, a piece of a project that next week needs to get done. And you, right then and there, you get that. So it could be Sunday night. You get that into your calendar. And, and I mean into your calendar, even though it's a task. So it's work on this, you know, communication project get it into, and I'm going to work on it Wednesday at nine o'clock in the morning. You may not start at exactly nine o'clock in the morning, but you're giving it a specific time on a specific day versus just putting it on a task list because the more specific you get and more measurable you get, the higher the probabilities of accomplishment by about two to 300%. And I can give you that research if you, if you like. So that is the answer to your question, identify from choice one, what are these things that are really important? At the beginning of the week, get them in your calendar because the gravel is gonna come in hard and fast. And unless you've got it in a place, it's gonna get pushed off. And then the 10 minutes of the 3010 promise at the end of the day, which is our recommendation for some people, it's the morning, take 10 minutes to reconcile your calendar, mark things complete. You're gonna have some other gravel, small things, bosses, dumping stuff on you, family stuff. You're going to get that in your calendar, but you're going to make sure that those big rocks and other important things have their day and their time. And it's the fight of your life to make it happen. But the fact that you're tracking it like this, again, the probabilities will go up by two to 300%. This, the, before you respond, the sure. second, the second answer was listening to you, I'm not sure, but you also have to be careful because there's paralysis by analysis. So, mm -hmm. you know, we want to go to the best quality delivered, but then you have to decide also based on, am I that kind of detail-minded person where I'm going too far, which will also land you in quadrant three or four of urgent, not important, because I've gone too far in too far in perfection, and that's hurting me as well. Oh, you know what? I, I, I really do resonate with that, and I know a lot of people do. My boss always says, you know, perfection is the enemy of the good, <laughs> and and I I've learned it because if you're an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to do and then learn because you can't do it the other way around. And I think even I've seen that quadrant thing before. I didn't realize that. Is that the creation of Franklin Covey? You know, actually, um, that started, it was called the Eisenhower principle. Uh, That's you know, right. Pre President Eisenhower, you know, was sort of using it. And then Stephen Covey, Dr. Covey packaged that up. And Stephen always had said when he was alive, you know, that he hadn't created anything new. He took timeless principles and packaged them in a way that are digestible by human beings. Yeah. So that was, um, you know, that was, that was one of them. I actually heard a great quote the other day that, that I think everybody will enjoy because I'm in the business of creating content and speaking. And oftentimes I go, man, this has been said before. And then I heard this quote that said, you don't have a lot of new things to learn, but you often have to be reminded. And I think that's that's the true. I mean, you get to a certain point, especially now with the Internet, you've heard everything, but you have to maybe hear it again, maybe hear it in a different context, in a different time in your life. And it has a, a exponential impact. And, you know, I am whenever I'm in front of a group of people. I am very respectful, and I learned this early on around adult learning theory with people. Really, the audience 
has all the information. The last thing I wanted to wrap up with was there are a number of challenges to our productivity, but you have really picked out three that you have found affect people the greatest and really have this negative impact on what they want to get done. I was hoping you could elaborate on those and maybe give us some quick tips, the rest of which can be found in the book, The Five Choices, on how to to remedy those top offenders. So I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this technology, this paradox around it's both easier and harder than ever to achieve extraordinary productivity. And when we looked at the harder we said, okay, we need to get to the root cause analysis. What's going on within that, that if we just were able to fix those things would give us a clearer line of sight to really grabbing hold of the wonderful technology out there, blending it with our workflow and families and really taking ourselves to what we call extraordinary uh, productivity, which I think we've learned here really what we mean is that at the end of the day, we've made a high value contribution every day. And so the three problems and the challenges that we uncovered were, number one, as I mentioned, the, the, the sheer amount of decisions that are coming at us all day long. Uh, and it is sort of amazing. Again, like I said, we're out of the industrial age where we were, you know, our jobs were to do one thing. We were asked to do one decision every day and do it well. Now we just have millions of decisions coming at us, our email, et cetera, and we're all very good at what we do. And so we're trying to handle everything linearly, which means a lot of the high value decisions might be passing us by or getting lost, scrolled up in our email. And at the end of the day, we're going, boy, I was so busy, but what the heck did I get done? So that's foundational. The second one is while that's going on, our attention is under unprecedented attack. So again, the dings, the pings, you know, all of that. I mentioned accessibility. While we're trying to make those decisions, our brain is attracted to that novelty. It's what we were built for, for survival. The novelty of the dings and the pings. And our brains have a drug in it called uh, dopamine. It's a neurotransmitter that goes right to the reward center. And every time we get a ding and a ping and somebody might need me and or just even for survival, it's something unknown, our brain is attracted to it. And we mindlessly, the reactive part of our brain goes there. So it's really uh, affecting our ability to make good decisions. Last, the third problem is we're just plain worn out. So we're trying to make all of these decisions. Our attention is under attack, accessibility 24 hours a day, and uh, we're just exhausted by 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know this. It's like, oh, gosh, yeah. I'm, I'm making mistakes. I need a, a coffee or I need something and, you know, all of that. There's some great research about how if you're not you, but somebody in general, they say never go, you know, ask a judge for parole at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I've heard that. Yes. Yeah, because you, it's going to be a no because we just – don't have the capacity to think deeply, you know, at certain points because our brains take such an enormous amount of energy. So those are the three key problems and the five choices are the solution to fix those. Absolutely. And I, one last thing on this actually is, could you talk very briefly about linear decision-making because it was just such a key for me. Well, you know, things come in and, you know, we tend to do things linearly. So one email after the other. And again, there's different styles of people out there, but just 
We t I mean, even if you think about a task list, we tend to sort of go down the task list and check things off. And so when stuff comes in, and particularly when you're in a reactive mode, you're using the back of your brain, we tend to try to handle things as they are coming in because it's what's right in front of us. And we need to step back from that and take a broader view because our brain does much better I don't want to say in a random type of environment, but when it has time to pause, think, you know, clarify, decide, um, it will do much better to pick out the most important things. But it's just natural to try to do things linearly. Yeah, it's something I think everybody has to work on. I even have trouble because I want to read all books linearly, but it's not mm. necessary. You can jump around. Well, Corey, thank you so much. I've, I've really enjoyed all of this, and thank you for being generous with your time. The book, again, is The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. And I want to highlight the fact that we touched on a lot, and these things greatly impact everyone's life. So to, to really make a big difference, I urge people to check out the book and, and jump in and figure out how to make your life, you know, a little more productive, but for your own sake, not for the sake of somebody else. Is there anywhere else that you want to guide people or resources you'd like to let them know about your website, things like that? Sure. And again, you can get the book, um, which again, is very practical. It's very real life. I think people will really enjoy that. And you can go up to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local bookstore, and you can go for more information to www the5choicesbook.com and even for a couple more videos and stuff like that uh, www.the5choices.com so you got a couple places to go and that, actually that's a great website I went to it prior to the interview and I was, I was on there for a while so I know you got to hop off thank you again so much and I will be sure to, uh, to send you an email today I'd love to, to continue talking with you and your team great thank you okay. have a great day absolutely you too thanks Corey bye 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 Welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Corey. I think we can all use tips around productivity. I know for myself, I've tried so many different tips, tricks, tools, you name it. I've tried it. Still looking for the best thing for me. And I think the best thing for me might be to really take Corey's book to heart and figure out what the root of everything is. If you guys enjoyed this episode or any episode before this, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a rating and review over there. That really does help out. Both Chris and I love when you guys go over there and leave reviews. Thank you so, so much for those that have done that already. We truly, truly do appreciate it. If you want to support the show at no cost to you, don't forget that you can always use our Amazon link over at smartpeoplepodcast.com slash Amazon. And every purchase that you make on Amazon will get a little kickback from Amazon at no cost to you. And it's just one of the easiest ways to support Smart People Podcast. We've got some great shows coming up. Make sure you head over to smartpeoplepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at smartpeoplepod so that you can see everything Smart People Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it this week and we will see you next week. Next week.